Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, we're talking my favorite topic, intermittent fasting. My guest is the ebullient Lisa Glick in Arizona, who is candid with her battle with bipolar disorder, and she also talks about her intermittent fasting success. You'll get to meet this ball of fire right after this. Nobody, I mean nobody, takes care of you in the flooring business like Arkansas's own Akles Carpet One. I know people listening from all over the globe and the solar system to my podcast, but those of you in Arkansas know this truth. Akles Carpet One is the leader in customer satisfaction, service after the sale, and of course, the best prices. I've been telling you this for a long time. Akles Carpet One will beat the big box stores. Do you need to stop the recorder and rewind it? Or shall I repeat it? I'll repeat it. Akles Carpet One will beat the big box store prices and their service. You know what it's like calling there, wondering if someone will take the call, wondering who's who you're even going to see. At Akles Carpet One, you get the same people taking care of you, whether it's the Rodney Parham store, the one out in Maumel that's technically North Little Rock. It's kind of confusing. The one in Sherwood. You might even see an Akel when you're shopping. That's the kind of business they run. Family-owned business and the top at what they do. That's the Akel way. Find out more by going to the show notes or by going on your browser to akelscarpetone.com. Recognized by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette Reader's Choice Awards Best of Flooring Finalist. She won Most Talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, we're discussing all the things before we do this podcast because Lisa and I can see each other, and Lisa is a winter in case you're wondering what her coloring is, but she's living in summer weather all the time because you're in Arizona now, right? I'm in Tucson. I'm a transplant from upstate New York, not the city, Yeah, up in the mountains. Right. So what do you think? Do you love the West? We love it so much. I, I'm so grateful that we had the choice to move here. I'm retired and um, it's, you know, we're hikers and I, I used to get depressed in the winter in New York and now I have my son and we just feel a real connection to the land here. I totally agree. We love the West and try to get there anytime we can. But we're here to talk about your tremendous intermittent fasting success story. And you have a diet story and a story about your mental health, which I love the connection between all the variables because they're all connected, Lisa. And I love how you recognize it. So uh, tell me tell me what, what you like to tell people about how you lost weight and how much weight you lost. Oh, well, my weight loss journey has been, you know, like a roller coaster, like many people. I was anorexic as a teen. Um, I don't think I was a true anorexic. I later found out that I have bipolar disorder. So I think that was kind of a symptom. But I went down to like 105 as a teen. I used to be 5'3". I'm a little smaller now. Yeah, but right. So I, I went down... I started to punch out a little at age like 15 when I stopped growing. And so I started dieting and I got way carried away and I lost weight. And I was always, 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 always restricting like the white knuckling. And I just remember being hungry for like 10 years from age 14 to my mid twenties. Then when I went to college, I let loose and I made up for all the restricting and I started binging and I couldn't stop. It was like I was possessed. So let me just tell you, I went to college at age 18 at 110. And when I graduated at age 22, I was 160, 160 on a five foot three frame. I'd never, ever in my life been that big. I felt like I was in someone else's body and, um, and I was depressed and so on. So wait, wait, stop there. Had you been diagnosed yet with bipolar disorder? No, I did not get diagnosed till I was 31. Okay, so, so let's I'm just gonna, yeah, go talk about that, just because I do have a huge interest in mental health. I've worked in the mental health community, uh, I mean, all the things. So, and I, I love the connection because there's an obsessive compulsive component with binge eating and deprivation that are that I think, Lisa, is often tied 
to undiagnosed mental illness. What are your thoughts? Oh, I agree 900%. So, okay, so I'm a musician. I went to college for music. I've always been in theater. And my whole life, I've been kind of like, wow. And then I've been like, really sad. And I always thought it's just because I'm a creative type. Well, after I got diagnosed at age 31, I was like, aha. So I do think the restricting was like a control issue mm-hmm. because I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. And then when I started binging, I, I, like the uh, the dopamine hit from mm-hmm. all the carbs mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And it was, it's a very uncomfortable feeling. It's, I liken it to being an addict, like being an alcoholic. Absolutely. I, I was waking up in the night and eating. It was, it was a horrible, horrible feeling. But yet on the outside, everybody thought I was just fine because I could, you know, I could manage. Were so you, I was highly successful. I got a job, you know, I graduated college. Were you purging? I was not purging this way. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was abusing laxatives a little mm-hmm. bit. And I also, um, I would do um, over-exercising. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. eat and over-exercise. And were you doing a caloric intake, writing it down, compulsively writing it down, knowing what you ate, how much a Tic Tac, how many calories was in a Tic Tac? Yeah, at times. And then when I was binging, I just gave up. Right. You just gave up. You know. And you know, the vicious cycle, like you eat too much and you feel like, you feel very bad about yourself. Yeah, you there's shame. Much. That's the other shame. thing with um, the eating disorder or anybody from that dimension of where, whether it's mental illness or not. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying I group it in there because there's treatment. That, that's why I want to say that because these things are treatable conditions. But in that, there's so much shame for people in the eating disorder world. And I hate that. Yeah, there's a lot of shame. And I think there's more shame about a food addiction versus a substance abuse like alcohol or cocaine. Because, I agree. Because like people don't talk about it, you know? And um, yeah, it was it was a bad time. And I do think that eating excessive carbs and excessive processed food, I think that contributed to the sadness because your brain is going like, what? So it's a, it's a long story. I got myself together. You know, I graduated, got a great job. I was teaching and I, I started, at, you know, running regularly and just cutting out, um, you know, the snacking. And I got down to like at 130, like, which is on 5'3". That's a nice weight. And I met my then husband and going along, you know, managing my life. And then I had a, a child and wonderful pregnancy so cho- uh, pregnancy by choice love the husband love the baby had a great job i was able to take maternity leave and about a year after my daughter was born i in essence i had like a nervous breakdown uh, it was just like things were getting bad and then worse i started doing the restricting again i wasn't eating i wasn't sleeping i was like this and everyone was like oh you just had a baby well i had like a collapse and I was hospitalized and this is a very, this is another whole podcast, but it took a long, long time to get correctly diagnosed because I just had a baby. So they were all thinking postpartum. It turns out, finally, I found a good practitioner after losing over a year of my life. Yeah. And she said, you're bipolar. And when she said that to me, Are I was you, like, hallelujah. Go were ahead. you diagnosed as bipolar one? At that time. So, because I'm fascinated by this too, and I've read all the it's, books. It is. It's fascinating. <clears throat> Did you, Have you read the book, uh, The Unquiet Mind? I have not read it, but I have heard of it. Huh. Lisa, it absolutely. Well, it, you you may not be as interested in it because you live that, <clears throat> but she is the um, medical textbook author. She was a PhD, I think. She might have been MD too, but she was the medical textbook author for bipolar disorder and she wrote the book. So she's the one who mapped out because I had a friend who was bipolar and I couldn't understand. I just thought, I, I, I did not understand it. I don't think anyone really understands it now, but now I know how to approach it. And now I have so much empathy. But so bipolar four, I believe has the psychotic episode and she had reached that point. And she's, <sighs> she's the one who said though, without her little purple pill or blue pill or whatever it is, and Patty Duke said the same thing in her book, remember? I read that book. Yes. I read so that I, book. That's what I'm saying. I've read all the I books about Patty it. I love Patty Duke. Love her. So I have, I mean, absolutely no judgment because I see it. The medical textbook author said it's treatable, but people hate the treatment because there's weight gain. And then this was just 
before lithium or right after lithium, maybe there was another newer drug. I know there are new drugs because this was written 20 something years ago, but um, vision changes. Did, did you oh, notice that? Oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay. So in and out of hospitals, lots of different practitioners, they tried like every medicine there was, you know, Prozac and I have to say I was a little anti-medication because what was happening was they're giving me the wrong meds. Right. And they made me feel worse. Right. Like worse. Like Prozac. Oh my God. So finally I found a woman. I'm sure they're a good man, but it was a, a psychopharmacologist. Yeah. And after three meetings, three meetings, after losing a year of my life, she went, You are bipolar. And I remember thinking, Yay, somebody I have knows a, what's it has a name. Me. Right. This has a name. Yeah. And so I'm very fortunate that she put me on lithium. This was, oh gosh, 1992-ish. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, 30 and, years ago. And I'm very fortunate that lithium, lithium was my magic. So what she did was they started like small doses and they gradually increase it and you do blood levels. Right. And I swear, Lisa, I have to tell people this because- some people are so anti-medication and I have to tell you that this medication saved my life. It I totally absolutely agree. saved my life. And I can describe it. When I was sick, I'm like my thoughts were like running around and I, I couldn't like, I couldn't figure out whether to like put on like my pants or my shirt first, like basic skills. Mm-hmm. So they I started the lithium and in like three days, it was like someone took a, a dust mm-hmm. mop and I could mm-hmm. feel the, my brain getting better. And after two weeks, two weeks after being sick for a year, mm. I was like, I'm like, I was almost all better. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, oh my gosh, this is what's been going on my whole life. But it just escalated when I got older and after I had my child. Well, it's so, a mood stabilizer. I mean, it stabilized your mood, but the side effect, isn't weight gain a side effect on that medicine? Okay. So this is what I get. Everybody's different. Right. It does cause a little weight gain. It really, I gave a little and then it leveled out. Oh, okay. It also messed up my thyroid. So uh. I had an amazing doctor. So I take Synthroid. But once I got better, I cleaned up my food and I was able to exercise. I wasn't eating because of stress. I was putting um, nutritious, like mm-hmm. positive food in mm-hmm. my body. And then I wasn't skinny, but I was holding at like 128, which is, that's, that's not a bad way for, yeah. and I'll tell you, I, I was so sick that I didn't care if I gained weight because I had my job back. I had my baby back. I had my life back. And I was like, oh, well, if this causes me to gain weight, so be it. Right. You know, it's a compromise. Good, good. But so this is where the intermittent fasting comes in. So on the lithium, I back to thrive. I wasn't just living. I was like thriving. Like awesome. my doctor used my case at a conference <laughs> anonymously because I didn't just go back to work. Like I, I was a teacher. So I went back to teaching, back to raising my child. I started singing in bands. I started doing community service. Love it. I'm running races. I'm bringing my chorus students to every little thing in town. You know, I'm bringing my daughter to like violin and communities and we're doing community theater. So I wasn't just like living. I was like, live it. And let me tell you, every day that I woke up, I had gratitude. Like you have no idea. You know, people say, oh, when you have a traumatic event, like cancer, car accident, every day I'm like, I'm here, I'm alive. So that's, that's where I come from. Do you know, that's not always the picture of someone with bipolar disorder. And I know we're focusing a lot on this, but I just, because I want to give this a voice there, you are very brave to come forward and tell your story. For some reason, there is shame or secrecy with bipolar disorder. And to me, it's no different than me having a, a dead thyroid or vitiligo. It's just something I have I, of no fault of my own. I have some conditions of no fault of your, your own. Your brain chemistry was a little wonky, but you've smoothed it out. Now, <clears throat> just because I, I am interest, obviously interested in this subject, do you have a familial link, a mother, father, brother, sister? Okay. Yeah. So first of all, thank you so much for saying that because, um, I'm on second marriage, but in my first marriage, you know, people said to me, oh, you're so lucky your husband stayed with you. And I was like, what? I was like, what? If I had cancer, would you go? Oh, you right. So it's like, if you break your arm, you talk about it. So it's exactly what you said. It's a chemical imbalance. Yes, right. And thank goodness there are medications that can help you. Yes, it's there treatable. is absolutely a familiar, a familiar um, component, which I didn't find out till later. Um, 
you know, my grandmother was very moody. My mom, I'm pretty sure she was bipolar. She she self-medicated by right, right. drinking. Sure. And um, my dad had a lot of anger issues. And a lot of times depression is manifested. As That's right. Anger. But, I, you know, it's, I don't hold anything against them because, right. I, you know, and, um, and the reason I talk about it <laughs> is because if somebody listens to this and I help one person today or maybe someone in their family, it's... Like, I am not going to keep this a secret. It's part of who I am. It's not everything about me, but it's definitely a part of me. If someone's a cancer survivor, they talk about it. I'm talking about this. Right. You're a bipolar survivor. I I think it's wonderful. So you've been thriving then 30 years on lithium. That is, I bet you are the poster child for these physicians. I bet they love you. Okay. So I need to say that I am not on any medication now. Are you serious? Okay, and I want to preface this. I did not quit my medication cold turkey. What happened was I was on it a good 20 years. Right. And I was, what happens is when you go on the meds, your thinking gets good. And then you learn other tools. Like I was going for therapy. I was running. I was giving back to my community. And my weight got better. My food got better. My my doctor was very into nutrition. She made sure I had like a high fat diet for the Mm -hmm. synapses. Yes. So she's like, you're doing great. Let's lower the dosage. You're still doing great. Let's lower the dosage. So it took about two years. And slowly I was able to come off it. And I'm, I'm good because I have all these other tools. I love that. It's a part of your tool chest. Yeah. I have some. I always have some in the house. Just and, in um, case, right? Yeah. And, you know, I had some traumatic things like my mom died suddenly and I went through a divorce after almost 30 years of marriage and I managed. I survived. So that means I'm good. But this is where the food and the intermittent fasting, it's absolutely part of my toolbox. Okay. So when... How did you get introduced to the intermittent fasting lifestyle? So, um, as I said, my whole life was calorie counting and restricting and running and over-exercising. And then I became a long-distance runner. And then what happened when I became a long-distance runner was food became fuel, right? I was eating to live, not living to eat. And then I met my current husband, who's a scientist, and we follow a lot of ultra runners and many of them are on the keto, you know, plan, but basically they're fat burners. So they don't use carbs to fuel, they uh, retrain their body and they're fat burners. So I was heading to the menopause. Okay. I'm 61 now. So when I met um, my current husband now, he was my boyfriend. I was in my early fifties and I was starting to just not feel right. I was mm-hmm. having like achy and my mm-hmm. stomach was getting bloated. So I went on keto. And what happens once you get used to keto when you're a fat burner, you go a long time without eating, you know, because your body is using yeah. fat. So we would do our runs and we would like eat after like an hour during the run. And then we would okay. wait like two hours. And the next thing I know, I was doing a four hour run, zero, zero food. Right. And then wow. I would eat well when I got back. So it just sort of like evolved. And then. Um, we started doing some research because we're heading into our senior years and we want to prevent Alzheimer's and we want to get rid of the inflammation and we want to, you know, be mentally clear. And we both just decided to do intermittent fasting together. Now he's thin, he's a very thin man, but we both do it together. And I tell you, it's a good thing. I really enjoy it. It, it really improves my life. Okay. So you don't have to go to the pasta party the night before then as a runner. I do not. As a matter of fact, I don't eat pasta. I like if the night before a long run, I'll have like steak with vegetables and some butter. I'm like, I'm a fat burner. Right. Okay. So the other kind of pushback, uh, because, and I'm sure you're coaching people too, as I'm coaching people, a lot of women kind of in their forties and fifties will say keto doesn't work well for them. And they don't think there's a good hormonal balance. What, what do you think they're doing wrong then? If you're doing what you're doing works so well, what, you just think it's bioindividuality. Some people it just works better for. So I think, I think there's a, a lot of things. I think absolutely the bioindividuality, but I know you and I talked about, we both um, appreciate Dr. Mindy Pels. Yes. Love Shout her. out to Dr. Love Mindy. Yeah. So I want to say this. I know in some of our intermittent fasting communities, people are very rigid where they yeah. just do like one meal a day, where they never eat before noon, or they get. I have a very flexible intermittent fasting 
style. And Dr. Mindy reinforces for me. It's like, you want to mix it up a little? Absolutely. So like today, today's Monday, I started a new little job part-time. I teach dance. I teach fitness dance. So I walked to the fitness center. I taught <laughs> two, two classes in a row, high intensity, aerobics, right. fun, fun, fun. Then I walk home. And guess what? When I got home at 1230, I had some food. You're hungry. But I had been fasted since about five o'clock the night before. Right. Now, as to the fat. Okay, so here's the thing with the keto. A lot of people that do keto, they're not really doing keto. They're eating like the keto treats that maybe have some processed food. They are crap. They are. Yeah. That is, might as well eat a Snickers. They are junk food. Exactly. Horrible. Bad. 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 So um, I do eat a high fat diet, but, you know, there's a limit. I don't eat just fat. You know, I, I... Fat is one of my main food groups, but I eat like real butter and I eat um, maybe sour cream, um, you know, all the whole foods. And um, I don't know, it, it works for me. It works for my body. Well, you are absolutely beautiful and you look amazing. Oh, so what you. was your weight loss? Did you need to lose weight at that time? Yeah, a little, just a little. Okay. So what happened was I was holding, I was holding at like, I don't know, 123-ish, and I'm very muscular. So I'm small, I'm only 5'3", but I'm, I'm solid. And then as I got into my mid-50s, like my weight just started to increase yeah. with, I was like, I don't know what's happening. And it's, hello, hormones. It's it is. It's the hormones. It is. The other thing I was doing, which I realized looking back, I was a teacher, I talk all day long, all day long, all day long. So I was, um, I had the sugar-free cough drops. Yeah. But sugar-free, ha, ha, ha. Spikes your insulin. insulin. Yeah, <gasps> insulin. Yeah. Right? All day long. Sugar-free cough drops, <clears throat> coffee with the stevia, all day long, all day long. And I love my job. I love my job. But I had a lot, a lot, a lot of stress my last several years. I left my marriage. Teaching was changing. There was a lot of stress from administration. Yep. So I had all that stress. It went right, the cortisol went right, right to my belly. Yeah. So I went up to, oh, I went up to like 132-ish and every, like the scale was like moving up and I was flipping out. So the hus husband, then boyfriend was like, let's try keto. So I got back down to maybe 123 and I got to tell you now, drum roll, I'm, I'm 61, I'll be 62 in March. I weigh 115 now. Oh my God. I weigh 115. You're the size of a fifth grader. I am. And I wear clothes that my daughter wore in middle school. I, I'm i like this big. I'm working on um, building muscle. So I don't mind if the scale goes up because I am a postmenopausal woman. Yes. So I I just want to be healthy and I want to be strong. You know? Lisa, you are so inspiring. My oh, thank goodness. You. So this are is you, Lisa. Well, I mean, I'm just a little louse over here not mine's just about 10 pounds or so but that that is that is tremendous and i love because i was born in newark new jersey so oh, and I'm, in, oh, I, I'm in you arkansas don't talk now. Like that, Lisa. i know i've been in arkansas a long time okay. it ruined me but um the sunlight anytime we have sunlight so i appreciate it um and i have you ever listened to dr jack wolfson he's in scottsdale he's the he's oh. a um, a functional medicine cardiologist who has our same philosophies, I bet, on a lot of health things. Okay. And um, he used to live, he tells his clients, he does a lot of obviously virtual meet, you know, appointments. And he tells them if they're up north, move. Yeah. He's like, for your mental health yeah. and your physical health, move. Sunlight is so important. So important. So and sleep and sunlight. Sleep and so sunlight. So my husband... Wonderful man. He was supposed to work a little bit longer. Like I was a teacher. I started at 22. So I was able to retire at 55 full pension Good. and hanging around and I was managing, but he had to work a few more years, but he retired early because we could, and he wanted to get me out to the sun. The sun is so important. That it is. It's invaluable. I mean, why, and I've said this on my podcast, why we vilified the sun and told people to Stay inside, wear a hat, go to the mailbox, cover your face. I mean, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We're the sickest, fattest we've ever been. And that is one, the, the food that, that's not even food that you're getting. <laughs> that's it's a crap. chemical. Mm, it's storm. chemicals, right. It's a chemical mm, storm. That's right. It, it, it is totally is. So I, I, we've had some, we're recording this um, January 3rd. So right after Christmas, um, we've had some rain and stuff in Arkansas. 
So there's sunlight today. And even though I, I have this little cold and all, I'm sure because I haven't had sunlight in two weeks, which is not like me. I usually get outside and I am real protective of my skin. I do have vitiligo. You can kind of see it there, but um, I don't care anymore. I used to hate it that my vitiligo would show more. Um, it made more of a contrast, but I'm like, I don't care because it makes it. My vitamin D levels are great. Yeah. And my health is good. It helps my mental health. So Yeah, so vitamin D is really important. Now, I want to say I don't go and lay out in the sun. Right. You, I, I hike. I walk. Right. You're outside all the time. I'm outside a lot. Like, I got this new job, and I don't have to drive my car. I walk from my That's home awesome. to the fitness studio. It's half a mile from my house. <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, when I walk to my job with my little backpack, I feel like a 12-year-old. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> You look like one. <laughs> Thank you. So I do want to say this. I'm, I'm glad, I appreciate that you say I'm inspiring, but I have to say this. I am very vigilant about all of this because not only because I'm bipolar, but because I've had a history of weight issues. I don't even eat one cookie. Like I don't, I'm like an alcoholic. I don't right. touch I it. I don't touch it because if I touch it down the slippery slope. Right. I understand. And I don't feel that that's a deprivation. I feel like I'm taking care of myself. Absolutely. I want to make that really clear that I'm not like, oh, poor me, I can't have cookies. It's like, yay, I choose not to eat cookies because I want to honor my body with what feels good. But what surprises me is that in that bipolar realm we're talking about, right? Obsessive compulsive, either either they're, you're on or you're off. You have a very lax view of fasting in that some days you're making it sound like you're like, yeah, some days I have a longer window, I have a shorter window. And you said the rigid intermittent fasters. I'm surprised you're not one of those. Yeah, I, I'm surprised too. And I'm pretty pleased. And I think this is what it is. I tried, you know, like everybody, I tried the Weight Watchers and this and that. I don't like people telling me what to do. Same. And I didn't like writing down the points, the bit, the bit. So that was what attracted me to keto is like, you eat, you stop, you eat, good food. So the fasting is, I mean, there's never a day where I do less than 15, probably. I probably right. my average day is 16, eight average. Right. Most days are 18. I do 18. And then once or twice a month, I'll do a little bit longer. I don't do like yeah. the 36 and 72 because it's not good for my bipolar, but I do, I'll do oh. like a 24, 36. It makes me too, it gets me a little bit um, hyped up, up, too hyped up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I also want to say that because I was in the delay, don't deny support groups and I, everybody, you know, more is not always better. So if you're no, doing fine. a 36, 48 and you're starting to feel like really not good, then maybe that's not right for your body. So you think it triggers, in you, it triggers mania? Um, it, I think it triggers anxiety. Or I think anxiety. it makes me more, like if, if I'm going into the second day of not eating, I start to feel that like, like I'm going to jump out of my skin kind of feeling. So maybe that is mania. I think it's, it feels yeah, like anxiety. But I just want to mention that to some people because you, you got to give yourself grace. You know what I mean? You got to oh. really listen to your body. Isn't that the greatest thing about being in your fifties and sixties is giving yourself grace and not caring what other people think. And you do you and I do me. And yeah, if it doesn't work for you, fine. If it does great. Um, I also, I love to flip flop my window. Not that this is about me, but just so it people hear that I I'm, I'm not rigid. I'm not rigid about anything. I'm here for fun and you know, whatever we're doing, I'm here for fun. But um, today, because I'm under the weather, I, I opened my window at 1030 and my husband was like, he never smells food before two o'clock. He's like, that's, that's wrong. Funny. And that's I was funny. making my own, I had bone broth that I was doing like a ramen noodle bowl. It was grain free that I got these, you know, rice, not grain free. It was gluten free, um, kind of rice noodles and stuff with chicken and chicken. bone broth and stuff. Chicken yeah. soup. Yeah, so chicken. I want to talk about bone broth. Okay. So I'm really healthy, but in April, after I got my second vaccine and I was ready to re-enter the world, I fell off my elliptical. That's a standing bike with no seat. And yeah. I broke my right humerus. And <sighs> I know, ouch. I didn't fall like trip like an old lady in the house. I fell off. I was riding the thing. And I, yeah. I so but I want, this is what I want to tell you about fasting and bone broth. So I was already an intermittent faster and I'm already, I'm kind of carnivore. I'm not, I wouldn't say full on carnivore, but I eat a meat-based diet. So I was already doing carnivore because I was having some stomach issues with the vegetables. So when I broke my arm, I was having bone broth, bone broth, bone broth. And 
I went to the doctor, the orthopedic, the bone was like this. He said to me, how old are you? My bone healed so well and so quickly. And I'm convinced it's because of all the collagen from the bone broth and the fasting autophagy, cellular healing. And the other thing I do, I do a lot of visualization. I imagine, Good. seriously, yeah. I was like thinking the bone was healing. I was, I was out walking like a week after I broke my arm. Well, now let's talk also. So, you know, Dr. Fung famously said, this is my, how I open all of my intermittent fasting groups. The first meeting I say, obesity is not a caloric problem. It's a hormonal problem. That's what Dr. Fung said years ago, wrote it down, never forgotten it. And those hormones include things like peptide, YY, ghrelin, leptin, human growth hormone. One of the magical things that happens during the people who live this lifestyle, like Lisa and I do, <clears throat> where they're either feasting or fasted, they're either in the fed state or fasted state, is that you produce more HGH, human growth hormone. So that means bones do heal quicker. You give your body your digestion a rest, which you need. I mean, you're do you really are doing all the right things in that you're incredibly active. Sunlight, do you know how valuable sunlight is for the healing of our bones? And again, we've told people to go inside and wear or wear sunscreen. I mean, it's just it's the stupidest advice. Well, it's one of the thousands of pieces of stupid advice. Myth, myth. Uh, it's a myth. Yeah, it it is totally, totally, totally. So you were really doing everything right. So it all healed. You're he did you have to have surgery? I did not. And wow. So I was petrified because, you know, you go to the ER and they go, oh, you broke your arm, I know. 61. I know. And then they're like, all right. Then they had to do a bunch of x-rays, but it was non-displaced, which means it wasn't like this. It was even, you know, it was even. Lateral. So, I, I mean, it's it's April. It was April. I sit, I can't run, I, but I sat outside like this yeah. in the sun. I drank my bubble breath. I had the pool. I did a little water walking. I had my arm in the sling. I... They say movement is good because it gets the blood like flowing. Sure, absolutely. And so now I'm like 10 months out and I almost like I almost have like full range of motion. Hey friends, if this is your year to lose weight, I can help. I'm a certified integrative nutrition health coach and I received a lot of training personally just as an intermittent fasting success story myself. And now I've been coaching people since 2021 and people who have lost a lot of weight. You may have heard the story with the chef from Arkansas who's lost over 90 pounds is still losing weight. Lots of women losing 30 and 40 pounds because I know the science and I can help you. You can reach out to me by going to the show notes. You'll see a link or you can just email me fasting at lisafishersaid.com. You can go to my website and see that same link. But Kids, I can help you. I can partner with you. I can show you the science. It's resetting your hormones. That's what this is. It's not a caloric imbalance. It's a hormonal imbalance. And I can help. Fasting at lisafishersaid.com. Well, now you are very light-eyed and that does put you at a little higher risk and you take Synthroid for osteoporosis. Have you had the DEXA bone scan? I just had one. Okay, so I'm so glad you asked that because we're going to segue. Um, I'm 61. I had a DEXA. My bones are like a 30-year-old. I'm in like the 105th percentile. And are I you serious? I know. And I was anorexic when I was a teenager. When Which, your bones are, yes, and I lost my period. And so I'm yep. like, yeehaw. So I'm curious because I never had it like 10 years ago, the DEXA. I, I would have been interested in comparing. Yeah. Okay, so my bones are excellent. Um I had my mammogram, good with that. Um, I did shrink a smidge. I used to be a 5'3", now I'm like 5'2 But I want to talk about cholesterol, if you don't mind. Oh, so I'd love for you to. This comes at, and I see this in a lot of the communities, not even just for the carnivore keto people, but in the intermittent fasting communities, we see this. People say, oh, went to my doctor, my cholesterol. He wants to put me on, you know, statins, one of those right. statins. Okay, so I'm sorry, but I really think statins are a high-risk medication and you should oh. not... Okay, I'm, uh, I'm allowed to say that. I'm going to get well, in trouble. I, I, no, you can say... Remember, we have First Amendment rights someplace in this okay. country, but this is not medical advice. I need to say that because my lawyer wanted me to tell you. But oh, yeah. um, I think... Dr. Mark Hyman is a cardiologist who says don't take statins. So if he's kind of the mouthpiece of the group of people who's prescribing him and he's saying don't take them, I think we're all in the same. You and I can say that 
under his advisement, but keep yeah. going. So just medical advice, everything that I do with my bipolar, this is just my That's experience. Right. That's right. Please don't say Lisa went on lithium, so I have to go on lithium. Right. Anyway, so cholesterol. Okay. So I'm 61, even before I was keto. On paper, my cholesterol's always been high. On Mine paper. Right. I have no family history of anything. Me neither. Okay. So now I'm doing keto. I'm really much a meat-based diet. I eat a lot of fat. I eat a lot of um, grass, grass-fed, you right. know, locally sourced beef. I support my local farmer. I'm doing intermittent fasting. So when you're doing intermittent fasting, you I know you probably do this in your coaching, but your your body has autophagy. Things are breaking down. So the cholesterol... It's floating around in your system. But hello, we need cholesterol. Cholesterol is like the tin man with the oil. Okay? Thank you. For so our sex last, hormones. Our yes. sex hormones need it. So, okay, speaking of sex, I'm 61. I have my parts are like a 30-year-old. My husband is like, you're like a teenager. Yes. I'm going to say it out loud. I'm nice and moist. Ladies, moisture is important. And oh, men, men you're you want to, you want to be moist. Plus, oh. I'm a singer. My mouth is, everything's moist. So, cholesterol. Thank you. So, anyway, I go for my checkup and the cholesterol, let me tell you about my numbers. I don't have them in front of me. But my good cholesterol is like off the chart. It's freaking wow. off the chart. It's like 350 or something. Really? Yeah. And the bad cholesterol is, it's a little high. It's like 200. But- Here's the, here's the science. You got to do the ratio, ratio. Mm -hmm. of the good to bad. Plus, you got to factor in your triglycerides. I have like a 0.04 ratio. Excuse me. I should get an award for that. Okay. You I'm should. like the Rolls Royce. So my doctor's <laughs> like, ooh, ooh, ooh. So you know what? I go for my for my tests and I have the echo, I have the CT scan. Of yes, of the, of the heart, right? Calcium, calcium right. test. Mm -hmm. uh, if your insurance doesn't pay for it, it was a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. Right. I'm like, I'll pay. They're like, right. you don't qualify. I'm like, what are you talking about? My doctor says my cholesterol is bad. So anyway, that's another issue, medical, blah, blah, blah. So right. I go for the calcium score. I had one in New York when I was 55. I had a zero, zero calcification. So now I go back age 61, intermittent fasting, um, high meat diet, high fat diet. Guess what my score was? Zero. Awesome. So People are flipping out about the lab work with their cholesterol. And I think you know this. Uh, the way they do the labs, obsolete. They're wrong. Totally they're obsolete. Auntie. Mm -hmm. Ask Dr. Jason Fong. Right. Well, they're, they are designed, Lisa, so that we can push more medicine to people who don't need it so our insurance can pay for things that makes our insurance premiums go up. I mean, it, it's follow the money. I mean, just yeah. it's it's follow the money. I also have, now I am a thyroid patient and thyroid patients, that was one of my symptoms in the beginning when no one would listen to me. In oh, fact, okay. they, you know what they told me? They thought maybe I was bipolar because I was having depression with thyroid disease, but I was oh, still, I was still funny when I went in for my appointment. So he said, <laughs> he said, could you be bipolar? And I went, I don't, I, I don't care. I said, no. Then the <laughs> next doctor said it. And I said, do y'all get a commission if I'm bipolar? He said, why don't I go? Because everybody keeps asking me. He goes, well, you're coming in for depression, yet you're still funny and all. And I went, because I have an audience, I'm always going to entertain people. Yeah. But all that to say, I had, I was diagnosed with dysthymia, which is a low-grade depression because I had thyroid disease. It causes oh, that. Okay. But what, one of the things I noticed was they go, but your cholesterol's over 200, over 220 or whatever. And I right. didn't know then. I wouldn't have taken the medicine and I... I'm just because I'm stubborn. I, I, I'm always skeptical. If someone's trying to sell me something, I'm like, mm, let me check into that. So now that I really know, I want my cholesterol up because I've had the scan. We have a wonderful heart hospital here and I've had the $100 scan. And I too, the, I think ours will even rate it, Lisa, with the risk of a major cardiac episode in the next 10 years. Okay. Mine was like 0. 0.0001 oh, or whatever. Yay. Goodness. Same thing. So, and I, I know, and they look at carotid arteries and yeah. all, all the things. So that number, I, I just, again, not medical advice, but I don't want people to panic and look at other things. In fact, Megan Ramos, Dr. Fung's partner. I know of her. Yeah, I listen okay. to her. So is that called the Institute for Dietary Management, IDM, their group? It's called like IDM. She says, Megan Ramos does, because I'm sending this to my 
um, health coaching clients that were asking me about it. She says intermittent fasters have been <laughs> approaching lab testing wrong. Okay. We thought, I thought I, anytime I did, cause thyroid patients have to have lab work. Um, anytime I went in, I loved going in after a 20 hour fast. Cause I was like, right. I'll show you glucose. Yeah. It doesn't really work that way because exactly. two things, one, the dawn phenomenon, yep. which we know that blood glucose in the mornings will dump a little bit more. Our, it's because our body, cortisol is also released. Our pancreas releases some um, glu- blood glucose in the morning to get us through our day because we haven't eaten since yesterday at five o'clock, right? So sometimes our blood glucose might be up a smidge, but the other thing that happens those of us who do, I do like a, my favorite is like 20 and four, 19 and five, but like today I ate at 1030 cause I'm not feeling well. So I, I'm definitely mix it up. But she said, the other thing we've been doing wrong is going in with long fast and it makes us have high cholesterol. So she recommends three okay. days of 13 hour fasts, Interesting. high keto, high fat, for three days. Interesting. She said, you will go in and they will write a textbook. Your numbers will be so good. Okay. So I'm doing that next time. So that's a very, very important and valid point because I went in, I was probably 20 hours fasted. And um, my dad had this issue. um, Same thing. He was a runner. He would do his morning run and then go in fasted. So another thing to be mindful of is if you do a workout, fasted, go in for your blood work, that can also skew the numbers. So I went in and like my liver number was a little off and there was a little too much calcium. And I was like, what? So then I went back and I only did a shorter fast. And yes. Oh, actually he had me go back after a meal. So I ate like breakfast, hydrated, lots of electrolytes oh. and had it done. And then everything was like just fine. Yeah. Yes. So I, I've never really done 13 hour fasting, but I, I will next, I, I really don't get pushback because I have a functional medicine approach, um, oh, good. healthcare provider. She's a nurse practitioner and doesn't hassle me. She will sometimes kind of tap and go now that cholesterol number. And I go blah, 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 back up, back up. And I have to remind her quit, quit reading that and look at that, you know, look at everything else about me. My weight's good. My vitamin D is great. My fasting insulin is braggy or braggadocious worthy because I've read Dr. Bickman's book, Why We Get Sick. Sick. I read that. Yeah. It changed my life. But anyway, but I'm going to start, but I've never done a fast for 13 hours, but you bet your bottom dollar I will next time. Yeah. Just think of it as data, but I I do want to throw this out. We're not giving medical advice. I'm married to a PhD scientist and my husband knows how to read the research and decide it just because an article says da 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 does it and you dig into it did they really do their homework so my husband and many many other people in this community are of the thought that the numbers they use to distinguish high and low cholesterol are antique they're like antique and we need to kind of relook at that so that, we just want to throw that out there so if well, they tell you high cholesterol don't freak out well we say that in the uh, thyroid community as well and they do change reference ranges and i hate it because it's more diagnosed with women than men hashimoto's thyroiditis is it's just more of a some men have it but not many um and sometimes women don't stand up for themselves and doctors will say, no, you're fine. And so it, it's because I have a loud mouth. Remember, I'm the girl from Newark, New Jersey. That's where yeah. I, my my New Jersey Jew shows. New Jersey. When, <clears throat> when, I, when someone kind of comes at me and says, no, for all those years when I was trying to get diagnosed, I knew something was wrong. It was thyroid disease. It was finally I stomped my stiletto heel and said, listen to me. There's something wrong. I'm sick. And you know what the man said? He goes, well, I believe the patient. If if you think, he said, I said, why else would a patient lie? Like, I mean, thyroid disease, thyroid medicine doesn't make you high. There's something wrong. Yeah. And so it went, and he did some other numbers. They looked at my antibodies and they were the worst that the doctor had ever seen. You know, I was like, I told you, but we have to stand up for ourselves. Lisa, that's kind of the bottom line. You've done that with your bipolar disorder. Uh, you did it. I mean, you've done it with your, anyone else had broken that bone, 
would have had surgery because a doctor would have looked at her. She's over 60. She's small framed. You're light eyed. And they would have said, I bet you have osteoporosis. They would have made assumptions and you don't have any of that. So I want to circle back to what you said about being your own advocate. And I can't say that enough. Be your own Mm. advocate. So the thyroid issue, I have a thyroid issue. And I had a time once, um, one of my last years of teaching where the lab work looked just fine, but right. I was feeling not good. And I right. went to an endocrinologist. I went to a specialist and she said, oh, your labs are fine. So finally, like the third visit, it was a woman. I I started literally snapping my feet mm-hmm. and crying. I said, I mm-hmm. don't care what the lab says. Mm-hmm. I don't feel good. So she changed my meds. And with my bipolar, <laughs> if I hadn't been proactive, as sick as I was, if I hadn't been proactive about finding another doctor, finding another treatment, I would be locked up in a psychiatric hospital I believe right it. now and I, I would not it. be sitting here having this wonderful life. I believe it. So I cannot tell you, I'm not saying, okay, so there are some fabulous doctors out there and it's good to do your own research, but in your gut, if you think something is wrong, you got to go with that and they need to listen to you, ding, whether ding, you're ding, a man, ding. a woman, a child, ding, ding, an old ding. lady, whatever. And if you know something is off, you got to fight to get better. You don't go, oh, well, that's just, uh, that's just how I have to live my life. Nah, 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 nah. No, I'm too mouthy. I was 39. So it was 20 years ago for me. I was 39 when they were saying, patting me on the leg, saying, you're fine. You're just depressed. And my husband was the one who said, you're not depressed, but you're the most tired human I've right. ever known. Because uh, thyro- low thyroid is fatigue is one of the symptoms. Oh, absolutely. So, but that's it. I, I really had to um, fight for my health and I'm glad I did. And and I, I don't want to malign a group of people, and it might sound like I'm going to, but endocrinologists are the accountants of the medical field. They just look at numbers. Yeah, I, I And I did have an endocrinologist who was not cut from that cloth. And that's why I see Synthroid was like taking chewing gum or taking a Tic Tac. It didn't, I gained oh, weight and slept on it. It, it didn't help me at all. And when I went to that first doctor in that was mm, 2003, um, November 17, 2003. I remember it. Um, that first doctor, I said, can I take, that's just T4. And the thyroid puts out T4, T3, T2, T1, T0, and calcitonin. Um, I said, can I take the combination drugs? He went, oh, no, 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 no. And I said, you know, why not? He said, well, it might give you heart palpitations. I go, well, I'll call you if it does. You know what I mean? Right. And he, he wouldn't let me do that. So we broke up. I'm sure he's busted up about it. I'm sure his practice folded after that. Um, but it was, I, and I finally found an open-minded endocrinologist. Now that man's retired. And so my nurse practitioner now has the philosophy of just listen to the patient. So Good. I, and that's now for thyroid patients listening. If you do, or you think you're a thyroid patient, if you have the hair loss, if you have the constipation, cold or losing the outer third of eyebrows, nails dry are splitting, skin. dry skin, low libido. Yeah. Feeling tired. Tired. Um, oh, the fatigue. I can't, uh, it was like a pregnancy fatigue. Dry I, eye. I, dry eye. Eyes. Yeah. Dry eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That could if you're be. not yourself. So let yeah. me tell you, when I was having my problem with my thyroid, um, I went to my regular practitioner, lovely woman. And I was like, oh, I don't feel right. She's like, ah, oh, most people, you ready for this? Most people come home from work. And they sit on the couch and they watch TV. I was like, what? I was like, what? Not me. So you, if you have a thyroid issue, you'll, and you might not know it's thyroid, but if you're not feeling yourself, you need to, and you need to be honest with your doctor. Say, say I'm constipated. People are afraid to talk about that. Yeah, I'm, consti- I'm yeah, constipated. constipated. My cold. hair is falling yeah. out. My skin is all dry and I don't feel like doing anything. Like I do one thing and then I think I feel like I need to take a nap. Those are some classic symptoms. Unloading the dishwasher was like my activity for the day. And I had three, I have three children. I was homeschooling them at the time. And so that, I remember that doctor pat me on the leg saying, well, honey, you're homeschooling. Oh, honey. And I went, no, I know me. I, okay. I am extremely energetic. So when I say I'm tired, everybody needs to listen because I'm yeah. tired because I'm never tired. So when I started to get sick before I had my my mental crash, I went to my general doctor, who was a man, and I said, oh, my thoughts are racing. I'm not mm-hmm. eating. I'm not sleeping. And he said, oh, it's okay. Just get a babysitter and go out to dinner. And the next week, I had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So don't let anybody poo-poo you. So, um, <clears throat> so I do want to talk about the medication. So I yeah. was able to come off the lithium. That doesn't happen with everyone. No. Some people... 
They have to stay on it forever. And if I had to stay on it forever and I was a little chubbier, so be it. But right. I was able to come off it. I still take, I take Synthroid mm-hmm. and I will probably always take Synthroid for the rest of my life, even mm-hmm. though I'm keto carnivore and I'm an intermittent faster. But- no, but the gland finally dies. Right. And so it could, the thing, if it's, and I'm sure it's autoimmune related, the gland attacks itself. So my little gland is atrophied and dissipated. So I have to take it the rest of my life. Right. That's fine. That's the medicine I take. I do take, I do have to take thyroid medicine. Right. So I just want to say that intermittent fasting is great, but it's a tool. It doesn't mean it's that a it's a panacea to fix everything in your life. And so when I do intermittent fasting, you know, I don't have to tell you, I'm preaching to the choir. I, just, I love it. I'm like, I really have the clarity of thought. And so I'm a musician, you know, I'm still performing. I sing with a band and of I course sing you do. nursing home <laughs> and I'm teaching dance and I'm a creative. So when I'm fasting, I'm like in the zone. And I also, for me, there's a big spiritual component. Like when I'm out hiking, like yesterday, I did a seven mile hike, zero calories. I just had black coffee awesome. in the morning awesome. and I had my electrolytes. I was out for four hours, me and the trees and the cactus and the blue sky. And when I'm fasted, I feel like I can experience it more fully. You, it's you know a connection for sure. Yeah, it's a connection. Yeah. So those of you that are new or thinking about it, you don't have to do these long fasts. You can start by maybe skipping breakfast and pushing your breakfast out. Or a lot of people, what I really recommend is eat dinner early and just stop eating after dinner. Don't have any snacky snackies in the evening. And even if you go from five o'clock PM to like the next morning, you gave your body a nice rest, right? And we need the rest. We need the rest. Um, Another thing that I'm really pushing now, I'm not a snacker, um, but, uh, and Bickman kind of mentions this, Dr. Fung mentions it, even intermittent fasters who let's say have an 18 and six window, meaning they fast for 18 hours, they feast for six hours. But if they're grazing the whole time, yeah. their insulin, it's still a barrage of insulin. And though we need insulin is a fat storing hormone. Let me repeat that. We need insulin. Our cells, every cell needs insulin, but it stores fat unless you're burning it. And we're burning it because we're very efficient. We're fat burners. We're not sugar burners, as we mentioned, but um, both of those, one's a PhD researcher, one's a medical doctor, both have said 86 on the snacking, eat, stop. And then if you need to close your window, even if you have two meals in that, it doesn't matter what you, and that's, uh, people get so hung up and I know they ask you too, and I do want to know, but what that a lot of people ask me, so what do you eat in a day? And I say, right. it just depends. Like today I had ramen noodle bone broth at 1030 because I'm, right. nur- you know, nursing a cold here, but Will I close my, will I eat before I, before, yeah, I'll eat before I, you know, probably an hour, uh, I might, you know, it's high protein, high fat kind of thing, just because I'm still kind of hungry. But I know people ask you and I, and I don't, and Jen Stevens even says, I hate it when people ask, but people just want to know, how do you do it? Do you open with a snack? Do you have a meal, a snack and a meal? What do you do, Lisa? Okay, so I'll, I'll use today as an example. I, we ate dinner we eat really early because we're retired and it's hot in the summer. It's not hot right. now, but we eat dinner like four thirty. We eat our main yeah, meal, great. And then I don't eat. I don't eat at all. We finish, clean up the kitchen. I brush my teeth. Done. And then today I went to teach my dance class, take my walk. I got home around noon. I opened at twelve thirty. I had there was some leftover steak in the fridge, so I had I warmed that up. Had some leftover steak. I had a glass of um, electrolyte. I I use these the fasting drops. I'm, I'm not pushing a product, but I do like Robles Element, L-M-N-T. Oh, I'm drinking it right now. And I, I'm bipolar. And if you suffer from depression, I feel like electrolytes are a big game changer because you get the salt. And, it, and so don't be afraid of salt. So anyway, I had my little, that was like a snack. And then my husband and I, I have a roast. I have a brisket. I got a brisket in the oven and we'll eat like our main meal around 4, 4.30 tonight. And I'll have some meat, maybe some vegetables. Um, <clears throat> we do a lot of um, gut health, good stuff. So yeah, me too. my husband is making um, cabbage, um, not cabbage, a sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Scratch. So I eat sauerkraut. I eat um, pickles. I have cut back on my vegetables, not because there's nothing wrong with them, but I was having issues with the lectins and the this and that is getting the bloating. So I've cut back a lot. I love vegetables, but they don't love me lately. Well, you know, I, I, 
Food Lies. Brian Sanders is his name. You need to follow him. I interviewed him. It was probably the most telling conversation I've had with anyone in the food industry. He's writing, he's, uh, he's got a documentary coming out called Food Lies, and it's about what we're talking about. Okay. And he is strictly carnivore. He opens with a steak, yogurt, and sauerkraut. And then he closes with another steak, you know, and he talks about the anti-nutrients that are in some vegetables and we don't need to eat vegetables that aren't in season and things. We I didn't know any of this. So yeah, so I'm actually carnivore. I didn't want to like kind of push that because I I, I I, I don't want to offend anybody. But um, and I was vegetarian for many years. And I want to say this. When I was vegetarian, that was the most depressed I've ever been. So I'm not saying being a vegetarian yeah. makes you sad, but for me, not having the meat and all the B vitamins and the fat, I, it, I really need that. I kind of, I have a, a daughter who, um, she just, I just kind of fuss at her. She is a professional model, but she does not do this because she's a professional model, but she's also an integrative uh, health coach too. Um but she told me the other day, she was like, I think I'm just, I'm a paleo pescatarian. And she said, I don't want to do dairy. And I just said, Anna Margaret, I'm telling you, your diet needs amino acids, amino B vitamins. Yeah. And so I did buy, and I think food lies, I think he talks about it, but I'm getting the liver, the uh, dried liver, organ meats. And so okay, I said- I have, if- I have a quick story because I'm watching the clock, but I got to tell you about liver. So when I- my husband bought the um, the liver pills from the yeah. okay the really good ones because we were eating liver but yeah. uh, I can't, so um yeah. so anyway so I was taking the liver and I was taking my B vitamins and I take like this uh, fat in the morning pillow fat my coffee and then um, my blood work came back my iron was too high so I took a break from oh. it and then I got depressed I got sad so then I went back to the liver so if you even if you're a vegetarian please take those. Do, I forget what they call it. The liver pills. It's it's actually liver in a it's desiccated, form. dried, desiccated. yeah, That's dried. It says Desic- dried organ meats. Yeah, and make sure it's organ meats only. And I gotta tell you, when I take that, the world looks like way better. Really, I, I'm not a salesperson, but for me, no. liver yes, is <laughs> liver is my friend. Okay, yeah. I just want to touch on something here about the freedom which I know you'll agree about the IF. So all these things we've been talking about, it sounds like so much work and so much effort, but the main thing that brought me to IF was I am a little obsessive compulsive and I don't want to worry about my food. I don't want to worry about it. I just want to eat, stop, do my day and then eat. So Uh for me, intermittent fasting, it gives me freedom. It's freedom. I'm wearing a car trip. I don't have to worry about the food. I went hiking yesterday. I didn't bring, I didn't even bring anything with me because I knew when I got back, I'd have a meal. Today I went to teach my dance class. I came home. Okay. I'll eat now. It's not like I'm worried. Like, what am I going to eat? What time am I going to eat? So I just, and the more you do it, it is, there is a learning curve and it's, it's like fitness. You have to build up to it. So I'm an experienced intermittent faster. I've been doing it for, I don't know, six years at least. Um, but allow, allow. So maybe one day you only do 12, 14 hours. Yay. You didn't eat for 12, 14 hours. Yay for you. The next day you're like, oh, 16. And then maybe one day you have a high activity day and you eat more or you have a function where you want to have a little something. Do not punish yourself. You have to like allow and you have to be proud of your successes. That's what I'd like to say. I absolutely agree. Lisa, you're so inspiring. Oh, thank you. So engaging. And I mean, I, I would buy anything you're selling. I'm going to buy everything you've talked about, which I think I have all of it because I do have the Rob Wolf LMNT elements or whatever. I call it elemental people. That's it. Yeah, element. Right. I know. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to add one more thing. The other thing about intermittent fasting, which I know because I know you're spiritual, because I'm not worrying about my food, it frees up other areas in my life. Absolutely. So I've always been, when I was teaching, I was always doing community service for that. So guess what? I sing in nursing homes. I go do a gig. So I don't have to eat. I go teach dance. I don't have to eat. I'm helping at a community event. I don't have to eat because I'm not worrying about my food. I can think about other people and the world and I can give. I, I love can it. give to the world. I love it. Lisa, I hope you run for office because I'm coming out there at Tucson and I'm going to be your campaign manager. Whatever wow. you run. If you run for dog catcher, you're going to see Lisa Fisher holding signs for Lisa Glick. 
vote for Lisa Glick. So thank you. Well, you, you I really like you. You're so lovely, Lisa. Thanks. And, thanks. And, and just the way you present things, it's just it's really helpful. And I know you do your research and, and you have your facts. You like well, your- I've studied I, I, like you. I am um, when I get a topic I'm interested in. I get OCD about it. So when I got diagnosed with thyroid disease, I can go head to head with any medical doctor about thyroid. Doctors have even called me about thyroid. Oh. There's a physician in Little Rock who calls me about thyroid disease because she said there was only one day in medical school that they spent on it. And it was sponsored by Abbott Laboratories who oh. sell Synthroid. So she didn't know about the alternatives, that the mm. type of medicine I take. So I just study up about things. And I, so I'm an expert in just a few things, but I'm really an expert in it. Like you, you can't come at me because I, in fact, I was at a lunch recently and a girl was trying to, uh, she was a fitness instructor and she was saying to count your calories and I'm over there. I mean, like, uh, uh, I think my skin was crawling. Yes. And then she was telling, <laughs> oh, she was telling the girl at lunch, she needed more soy, which we know. Oh my God. I know. No one needs more soy. Soy is poisonous at the levels that, especially if you have packaged food, because it's in everything, but it's really bad for your thyroid. It's not great for menopausal women. I mean, they're just a 9,000 reasons why you shouldn't want to include more soy uh, in your diet. And so I just politely said, I go, and she said, well, Lisa, what do you think? I said, you really, I go, are you ready? Cause you're not ready. Cause I said, I really know my stuff. And then I went, and I said, you okay? And she goes, no, I didn't know all that. And I went, and so I started sending her podcasts. Oh, good. And uh, there's a, Dr. Alan Christensen is in Phoenix and he oh. is, um, love him. He has my philosophy on thyroid and all that. Uh, he's a naturopath. Um, so I sent her Dr. I had a podcast interview with him. I said, or this, I sort of that, you know, oh. I said intermittent fasting. You don't need to count calories. Great. So I do exercise. Exercise is part of, it's my toolbox. It's <laughs> Clearly. Very, yes. It's very important. I just, I actually just did a hundred miles in a week. I took a week. I did a hundred <laughs> miles. Yeah. And I ate, I ate while I was doing my hundred miles. Thank you very much. But I do belong to a Facebook community called the fasted fitness oh no no run fasted and fast is like in parentheses yeah like run fasted there's a woman named melissa who started it and it's okay. it's for people who want to exercise and not eat every five seconds while they're exercising basically yeah <laughs> and you mentioned that earlier the freedom when we travel because we get in the car we love to come to the west that's really our favorite and there's a real long stretch of interstate 40 when you're leaving oklahoma city going west we do new mexico and then we'll go into arizona there, there's not even a bathroom, so make sure you pee in Oklahoma City oh, or Amarillo. But there are hours that we'll be on the road. And because my husband has the same philosophy, no one's panicking about, where are we going to eat? What are we going to do? Are we going to do a drive through oh, I'm nice. like, no, I'm not going to do a drive through I'm not going to you know, come back on nutrition because so I go, I can go another day without eating. Yeah. But I love no anxiety, no fretting. I don't think, I don't wake, I, Lisa, I used to wake up thinking about what I was going to have for breakfast, then lunch. Exactly. When I was teaching, I would be like, what should I bring to school? So what I did don't I, run out of food. My snack, right. And I used to be on the radio. So I'd get up at 345 and before I did my radio show and I would have my three egg omelet with the avocado and, you know, no carbs and all that. And then I would have this at nine. Then I was something, something at noon. I have something at three. I was hungry all the time. Yeah. And now I'm not hungry until I'm hungry. Right. Excellent. Well, I hope you feel better from your little cold, Lisa. Thanks, girl. Well, I'm taking care of myself because intermittent fasting, when you mentioned earlier, you know, we have to go back over the basics. Autophagy is this magical cellular clean out that our body does where our Pac-Man cells eat the sick cells. And so, yes, during the fasted state, and I've been fasting a lot the last few days because I really haven't been that hungry. Right. Um, But today my body said at 1030. Yeah. You need some, and, and again, I went, I didn't go through the drive-thru. I made, soup. I have bone broth and I made, you know, ramen noodle soup with chicken and boiled egg. And, um, I don't use soy sauce. Obviously I use the amino acid, the coconut aminos. Um, and there is a paleo, um, teriyaki that has no soy. If you can, but again, I have to read labels. For yeah. Things. I use the Lana Life. I use that. And sometimes I make my own, but, oh, um, that's good. 
I'm 61 in nine months. March 9th is my 62nd birthday. So I just want to say this to people. This has not been like, oh, this is so easy. It's It's been a a journey for me, you know, first with the bipolar, the binging, the restricting. And I feel like I finally found like my peace with. You I have, have it. You so have it. I just, I can't say that enough. Just allow, like open yourself up to it and just try it. You don't have to do it forever. Try it for a couple of days a week, whatever, 30 days. Right. I say forever. <laughs> forever. Oh, so do I. But people are afraid to they'll be like, oh, you don't have to marry it. You just try it. Right? Well, don't you remember in the beginning when you, like when I first started, I thought I'm just going to lose these 10 pounds. And then I'm going to go back to eating all day. Then after a month, I lost the 10 pounds. I thought I'll never go back to eating all day. I feel so much better. Yeah. And my husband's very slender. So he fasts, but when he eats, he eats because he's a skinny boy, you know? Yeah. I love it. Lisa, you're fabulous. So are you, Lisa. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.